Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Stable Connections, the podcast. Today's episode is with Christina Sweezy, and she lets us in on her journey and how her herbalist career took off, her views on social media, and how she was taught to be a queen. Enjoy. Um, My name is Christina Sweezy. I have been doing herbalism for quite a while now. I've been running my business, Mother Mountain Herbals, for I think seven years now, which is crazy. I'm also a horsewoman. I'm fairly new to the horse world. I've only been doing it about two years. And I'm just kind of figuring out how those two worlds blend together. They have blended together for me, fortunately. Tell me more about being Mm -hmm. an herbalist. I'm an herbalist, yeah. So tell me more about that. Like, What does that entail? Um, So right now I make herbal skincare products. I started about seven years ago. That was just with like the business aspect. I was doing it for maybe about five years before then. I was actually living in LA as a makeup artist and I felt so disconnected from nature there. And my soul just yearned to be in the hills with plants every chance that I got, I would go hiking and I started coming across all these different kinds of sages. And I think that's kind of like what got me in to herbalism. I was like, oh, what is this plant? Like, what does it do? Like a lot of things in my life, I become completely obsessed and I dive in. There's just kind of no going back. Yeah. So. And so did you stay in LA and continue or did you? After a couple years in LA, I hit the road. I could not handle it. I was trying to work in the film industry there and it was pretty soul crushing for me. So I completely ditched my career and moved to Amish country in Ohio. My boyfriend at the time, his parents lived there and he grew up there. It was like the least populated county in Ohio. Big change from LA to- (laughs) It was a huge change. It was crazy. It was, you know, talk about being being culture shocked. It was crazy. Went to Ohio, bought land, tossed my career out the window, went headfirst into herbalism, started hanging out with naturalists, other herbalists. I had no idea what I was going to do as far as like a career was going to go. I worked low paying jobs at like bakeries and stuff. Just to get by. Just to get by. But really, I just had no clue what I was going to do. And I worked at a coffee shop and I started making teas for this coffee shop and they got really popular and the owner of the coffee shop was like hey you should go into business like why are you working at this coffee shop you have so much skill and so much talent with this like why are you here and I was like all right like I guess I'm gonna do it I guess I'm gonna like try this new thing out you know and then it just completely exploded into what is now Mother Mountain Herbals, which started as teas. Does the person, does your, it was your boss at the time that said that? It was my boss at the time. Do they know that they changed your whole trajectory in life? Yeah, I actually sent him an email recently, because this was years ago, you know, and I sent him an email recently, you know, thanking him and letting him know how I'm doing and wondering how he's doing. I know he sold that business and yeah, he completely, changed my life and gave me a launch pad for what I'm doing right now which has brought me so much meaning and so much freedom and you know I came from 
a background of like not graduating high school, never went to college, never really had the kind of finances to do any of that. So I worked kind of like in trades, like the makeup artist, and then other, you know, just coffee shop jobs. Figuring and stuff. it out. Yeah. Figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was already into my 30s and didn't know, like just didn't know what I was going to do. So yeah, thank God that all panned out and worked out. And Yeah, it's such a simple compliment of him being like, what are you doing here? You have so much talent for you to then, like kudos to you too for like, some people will take that and be like, no, I just don't know, you know, hard on yourself. And you were yeah. like, you're right. <laughs> I do need to do something. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And it was kind of just an experiment. I didn't really know what to expect. But I think even just one or two months after I started my business, I got picked up by Urban Outfitters. Oh, wow. Yeah. How did, th- how did that even happen? I have no idea. I have no idea. When I got the email, I thought it was fake. Yeah, 100% like, scam. Yeah, somebody <laughs> from Urban Outfitters is reaching out to me. And my business at that time, it was like very like homegrown looking. Like I had paper labels on my mm-hmm. bottles that I like printed on my home printer. And I was like, why does Urban Outfitters want to carry my stuff? But Do you know what the did. answer is now? Why they wanted to? I think that they're trying to incorporate maybe some smaller businesses into their corporate world yeah i think that's amazing so when you decided to start the business what exactly was step number one for you do you remember i mean i'm i'm just such a creative person so step number one for me is just the whole creation process of formulating products and also like label design i'm really kind of artistic Mm -hmm. as well so like label design was a big one etsy was a huge like jumping off point jumping off point for me i mean it's i still use etsy i'm horrible like i have i'm like stuck in my like ways of doing things and i'm still on etsy and i should have my own website like selling stuff (laughs) off my own website but it's working yeah it's working so first it was like sticker labels that you were doing at home how did you choose like the bottles the like kind of all of that in the herbalist community, like we use like amber glass bottles. There's just kind of like certain bottles that we use. Did you reach out to and like start building your community with other herbalists to kind of like see how they're doing it and do's and don'ts and like that sort of thing? I mean, I think this was kind of like at the dawn of Instagram. There were a few other people doing it on social media. I think a lot of my in- influences came from herbalists that weren't even on Instagram yet. At that time, I loved Kiva Rose and Susan Weed. And really, I was just trying to figure out a way to express what I could bring to the herbalist community. Like, what is my way of presenting the plants and honoring the plants? At that time, I think I was really aesthetically inspired by the 60s and 70s. So if you look back on Mother Mountain Herbals back then, you can see it looks like very hippie-ish, very like homegrown. And I like that. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think especially being like natural and all of that, it's Mm -hmm. kind of, you feel like it all plays together. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you come up with the name? It's actually a Towns Van Zandt song, or it was inspired by a Towns Van Zandt song called Our Mother the Mountain. Cool. And that's where that name came from i'm pretty sure that song is about a witch oh okay. so and i'm kind of witchy 
Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Also, I was living in, I had moved to North Carolina in, oh, okay. in between all of these like times that I'm talking about, but I had moved to North Carolina and that was in the mountains. And I, I did, I felt like I was harvesting all these plants in the mountains and the mountains kind of are our mother in a way. So, yeah. For sure. <laughs> are you currently, and were you back then, harvesting the plants yourself and making the oils yourself? Or what does that process look like? Yeah, a lot of the plants that I was using and still to this day use in the desert, I harvest them myself. Back east, I grew a lot of plants. It was much easier to have a garden back there. The desert is a little tricky with that. Yeah. Or I purchased herbs from like small family herb farms that are growing organic herbs. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So did your products change a lot when you moved? Because now you live in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So did your product kind of change a lot when you were moving to these different places? It did. I totally rebranded my products and came out with entirely new products when I moved to Arizona. I'm from Arizona, so I really wanted to represent sort of like a place-based product or medicine. And I was really, really excited to use the plants of my birthplace. Yeah. So, yeah. And is all, it sounds like all of your stuff is organic. It's all know? natural. Yeah. I use organic ingredients as much as I can. Yeah. My stuff's mostly organic. What do you feel was the hardest thing about building your business? I don't know. I got really, really lucky. It's somehow like this was my path. I got really lucky and I mean, I worked really hard. I don't want to say that it was all handed to me on like a silver platter or anything, but the way it all transpired was really quite magical. I would say now the thing that I really struggle with is social media and just the amount of social media presence that you have to have in order to get sales. Mm -hmm. I've really grown to dislike social media. I mean, it can be a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a thing that connects all of us and it can be used for a lot of good, but most of the time I just want to be hanging out with my horse or like doing my things behind the scenes and not be on Instagram and not having the constant pressure content, to create yeah. content, sales, all of that, especially with how complicated it's getting. Like first we had to be photographers. Now we have to be cinematographers with reels. Like reels yeah. are the hot thing right now. So yeah, I think that's one thing that's really tricky for me is just always evolving with it evolving and it's also it's a very like masculine way to be the constant pressure to build and grow and do more and more and more and I'm very feminine and I operate my business in a very feminine way I like to take a lot of breaks I need that time to kind of like go into other other places and sort of regenerate my creative energy I just can't dive into the masculine way of yeah. operating my business and there's nothing wrong with that for people that do do that I'm just not like that yeah that yeah. makes sense well and sometimes at least in my view of social media once you have a decent amount of followers or you have those core people that like comment and share and love your product mm -hmm. you don't have to put as much time into it because totally. they will then kind of generate for you which is absolutely to me I love social media just yeah. because I don't have a personal account. I only have my businesses or my podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, and I don't really put personal stuff on there. Right. And so I only go on it for business side of things. I don't scroll or follow most of my friends or, right. you know. Yeah. And so for me, it's free advertising. 
like right? yeah it's beautiful in that way yeah I'm so thankful for it and I'm so I've met so many wonderful people via social media I met Jordan Stanton cool. yeah via social media so many of my friends I've met on there and it really like that is what launched my business I'm pretty sure that's how Urban Outfitters found me yeah you never asked so I never <laughs> no I never asked them I never asked them yeah I just kind of I just did it you know yeah so, so with that process with Herbal Outfitters what did that so they emailed you and then did you like go in and meet with somebody or what did that process look like no it was completely online it was actually kind of weird they like place a huge order and I would 100% be like nope this is a scam <laughs> I know right yeah. yeah yeah they place a huge order with you and they give you this software called Tradestone that you have to process the order through and it's actually quite complicated and there's no training on it and then there are like these like you're reading through the instructions of how to operate Tradestone and there are little messages in there that kind of imply that if you mess anything up, like we're going to start docking payment off of this order. Oh, God. Yeah, it's really strange. But you didn't mess up. But I didn't mess up. <laughs> no, yeah. I did not mess up. I got the order out. I, I had to pay for shipping, which was very expensive. That's so weird. would I recommend people work with Urban Outfitters? Like maybe if you're just starting out and, you know, you would like to have that At in launch. your repertoire, you know, but I think they reached out to me again about a year ago, right before Christmas. And they were like, can we place a holiday order? And I've, I've been at a place in my business where I could say no to Urban Outfitters. Yeah. Which I'm really proud of. Yeah. That's Nothing amazing. against them. Like they helped me a lot. You know, they got me started. They were one of the people who got me started, but yeah. yeah not so much into it no yeah what was it like prepping that order because I feel like it was probably bigger than any order you've ever done yeah I I mean I was working out of my home at that time so it was literally just like making products on my kitchen table for mm -hmm. Urban Outfitters <laughs> if yeah. you guys ever bought any of my products back then yes I was making stuff on my kitchen table in my house yeah it was just very simple homemade stuff so yeah now I've moved into a studio where I make everything shipping all of that and are you in any stores now or you do it all online i used to do a lot of wholesale and i don't anymore that covid kind of changed that i love working with smaller mom and pop businesses they are like some of the lifeblood of my business are a lot of those local to arizona or all over yeah i do have a couple local locations there's Batea boutique in phoenix and then also Mesa at the Annex in Tucson. And those are my only two wholesalers right now. I used to have wholesalers all over the globe and it I got super burnout doing it. Again, that's a, like that operating from a more like feminine energy mm -hmm. in my business. Things got really weird during COVID and I just stopped wholesaling. And it actually drove a lot of business into my own store because all of the people that were out there buying all over the country, they couldn't go to those stores anymore, mostly because people were shutting down their stores. But yeah, it's it's been beneficial because that has driven a lot of business to my online store. Yeah. And I would like to integrate those mom and pop locations back in. I'm just, you know, a little slow to get back into it, but I love working with the little shops. Yeah. We always support back. each other, so yeah. yeah. Cool. So what else within your trajectory with whether you want to go with starting your business or just your life trajectory, 
has kind of made you who you are. Are there any more like big pivotal kind of moments that you want to share? My life changed a lot when I got into horses. And I think I had mentioned earlier about how I'm integrating that into my business. And I have started making some herbal horse products. And I didn't even intend to integrate that into my business, but you know, you're at barns and you're meeting people and they're talking about this problem that they're having with their horse's fungal infection or something. And I'm like, oh, I know this herb that it's really great for fungal infections. And it works for I, a human body, might as works, well work for a horse Exactly, body. Yeah. yeah. And so I give them like a bottle of creosote oil. Creosote's a plant that grows out here in the desert. And they're raving like, oh my gosh, that got rid of my horse's fungal infection even better than the stuff that the vet gave me. I need more of that and then word spreads and then their friends are needing the creosote oil for their horses fungal infection and now I have this like little group of people that are buying herbal products from me for their horses and I'm like my horse is really expensive I should <laughs> somehow figure out how to use him as a tax deduction and while I'm also helping these people with natural modalities of treating their horses health issues yes exactly um so what brought you into horses you said two years ago you started so what, what also brought that up? also during covid okay yeah i never grew up with horses i kind of grew up in the suburbs of phoenix when i was in la i struggled with my mental health a lot and during that time i went on some trail rides and i know it sounds silly but those were like really like pivotal healing moments for me what about that? I, I think that it's just how horses have this ability to sort of soothe but also empower us at the same time and during COVID I thought I was going to lose my mind because I'm single and I live alone and I was just trapped in my house and I thought back to that time like when I was trail riding and I said I should go take some horseback riding lessons. It'll get me outside. So I went to this lesson barn and had a trail ride. Soon after that, started taking lessons and I caught the bug so hard, so freaking hard. And I dove straight into horsemanship and I bought a horse like way too soon. <laughs> like <laughs> well, way before I was ready. That. Yeah. That happens um, to a yeah. lot of people. So what kind of horse did you end up getting? I got a little quarter horse named Pete. How did you find him? Uh, I found him on Facebook, and he is the love of my life, one of my soulmates, but was it an easy experience learning him? No. It was one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. He was sold to me as a beginner horse, and he was actually like a, a greenbroke horse. He's actually very much younger than what he was sold to me as, so I thought I was buying like a 10, 11, 12 year old. He was actually only seven when I got him. Yeah, I, I got myself into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Did you have the, the person you were taking lessons from help you with, like when you went to go see him or any of that, or you just kind of took charge? Oh, I definitely needed a trainer. The trainers that I, I was working with at that barn, Pete's issues were kind of beyond them. And the feedback that I got from the people who were giving lessons there was, you have to sell him he's going to hurt you and I just couldn't do that unless I was like on my deathbed or something you yeah. know so I came across a woman who 
does classical dressage and she would occasionally like give lessons at this barn for like more advanced students mm-hmm. like clinic kind of things yeah. totally and I got in touch with her as kind of like a last resort you know and she graciously took me on and cool. she is one of the best things that has ever happened in my life it almost kind of chokes me up a little bit some of the things that she has taught me that relate to horses but so much relate to aspects of my own life and how I can take those lessons forward in my own life. That's the amazing thing about horses. (laughs) I know it's so beautiful it's so beautiful but our very first lesson I mean first she did an assessment of Pete and she was like I see a lot of good in him and I think that there might be a path forward. I don't know know for sure, but let me try this. That's an amazing answer compared to the last answer right? of no, right? you need to sell him. Yeah, I mean, she re- she rehabs horses and she takes off the track thoroughbreds and trains them. Like, she is an incredible horsewoman. So we decided to proceed. And the very first lesson that I had with her, she said, okay, we're going to teach you how to be a queen. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And yeah, (laughs) that's so powerful. Yes, and it wasn't like a queen, like dominating, dominating. No, no, it was like you're going to embody this new level of yourself that is very beautiful, um, strong, strong, willing, confident, or confident. Yes, yeah, I think that's. For a lot of women in general, I think that's so needed. Whether horses are involved or not, you need someone in life that's like, you have this in you, let's find it. And whether it's a horse that helps bring it out or yoga or whatever it is, like that's amazing. That's exactly what she did. And the really beautiful thing about her is, I mean, she helped me so much and she was there to support me every step of the way. But also everything that we did For Pete, we did it together. So it wasn't just like she took over and took over training my horse and I didn't learn anything. Yeah, that happens a lot in the horse world where someone will show you how to do it with them doing it, but then leave you to it. And then you're like, but you made that look so easy. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She was there every step of the way. He needed some rehabbing. He was extremely spooky. And we did it all together. And I learned. I learned so much, like way more than just, you know, taking lessons. And she's still in my life, too. I'm actually boarding at her barn now. And I hope that she's in in my life for the rest of my life. What's her name, if you don't mind sharing? Her name's Catherine Hera. Cool. I thought I was going to be riding Western when I got Pete. I, yeah, I started, so I started out with classical dressage. I cannot say that I'm a good rider though. Like I still barely know how to ride. Pete has not been the easiest horse to learn on, but you know, she put some buttons on him that he was really receptive to. I think somebody might have been a little bit harsh on him before I had him. Mm -hmm. And he was really receptive to learning like, okay, instead of like yanking your head around, we're going to teach you leg cues. We're going to teach you how to stop off your seat just very like gentle easy cues and he loved it and he picked it up immediately yeah because it's empowering him instead Mm -hmm. of forcing him to do something it's absolutely you can do this and it's simple and you don't have to work that hard instead of like yanking them into some sort of position absolutely yeah and Catherine is really good about that too she always has the horse's best interest in mind yeah here I was like total beginner in a really like for lack of a better term, I was like having a crisis, like shit show. 
You and many and others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are not alone. Yeah. I felt like I was going to die every single day. And, you know, Catherine just swooped in like an angel, like an absolute angel. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I learned horsemanship from her because she really taught me patience and how to be gentle and have grace with our horses and ourselves. Mm-hmm. But with boundaries. Yeah. But with boundaries, too. Absolutely. With yeah. boundaries. I think yeah. that's the best in a training method is being gentle and gracious and all the things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't have that with horses unless you also have boundaries. Because some horses, if you're like that, they will also get too much in your space or you'll coddle them too much. And then, oh, you know, totally. And so having the boundaries is necessary. Yeah, I learned that. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's what, you know, what her first lesson being the queen was really about. And, you know, as Pete and I got more comfortable with each other, we've encountered situations where we've had to have little tussles, you know. Mm -hmm. But you figure it out. That's the fun of horses. It's never the same. (laughs) You have this idea of you're like, okay, today I'm going to go like walk and trot in the arena that's all we're gonna do I'm gonna ride bareback and then you get there and they're like running and bucking and you're like "Hmm, maybe I'll just lunge you today yeah I mean (laughs) I think that's the whole thing with horses too is like I really had to check myself with my expectations expectations are the mother of disappointment and I had huge dreams when I got Pete I was like oh I'm gonna be a really good rider and I'm gonna gallop him out in the wash and (laughs) maybe we'll like do some barrel racing or you know like huge like those huge dreams that you have when you have no experience but then you get your first horse you know yeah the idea of it all yeah the idea of it all and then after I got him I was like oh I'll be lucky if I could ever even ride him someday (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) they will humble you so fast yeah so you ride in a dressage saddle it sounds like I don't I switched I switched back over to western okay I really like Western riding. I love like the Vaquero tradition, which is the merging of like classical dressage and Western. I wish that I was a good enough rider to say that I am part of the Vaquero tradition. I am not. I kind of just am a backyard horsewoman that has a an appreciation for these bigger disciplines. I don't think um, there's like a step to all of a sudden be a good enough rider to be there. I think right? even. If someone sits there and they say that, mm-hmm. there's always more to learn. Right. So yeah. I don't feel like there's like a step to be like, oh, and now I'm officially good enough. Like, right. Yeah. We're forever learning. That's the fun of the horse world. Yeah. And maybe it's kind of, it's more of like a framework. But yeah, I feel really inspired by the Vicaro tradition. I love all of the beautiful Western tack. It's such a, it's such an art form, but I just ride my horse around the neighborhood. That's all that I do, and I trail ride him. Is that your goal with him? Is just every day it's different and trail riding and riding around? I think so. I, you know, the more I learn Pete's personality, I don't think that he would be good in high stress environments. Mm-hmm. I think truly he just wants to be a trail horse and have a simple life. Companion. And be a companion. And it's very much about the relationship with him and I we just keep things simple and I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with that I had times where I was like crying in frustration because I couldn't get something you know or like I just couldn't nail it and then you kind of just come to the realization that 
you're here to enjoy this and you're here to enjoy these animals and you don't need to put all this pressure on yourself to be the best it's a good wake-up call right like oh actually the goal doesn't have to be to do this dressage test or to right do this specific thing it's okay to have in my opinion it's okay to have goals and to be like oh i want to do you know i want to do a barrel race or i want to do this or Mm -hmm. i want to score this but the process of getting there means more than the actual getting there which i think people are recognizing more and more yeah yeah i mean i i definitely needed to slow myself down so that i didn't get frustrated with myself so yeah that's that's what my horsemanship looks like right now is just (laughs) riding my horse around the neighborhood which is actually a really huge accomplishment from where we were a year and a half ago yeah you know which was he was not even really rideable and now we're going out alone that's amazing yeah i remember the first time that i rode him out by myself i was like all right we're gonna do this but here we go go." and it, it was totally fine like nothing weird happened yeah and that feeling where you're like on top of the world even over something little like riding your horse out by yourself but it was just kind of like such an amazing feeling of accomplishment from where we first started definitely yeah Yeah, I think that's awesome especially I mean hopefully you've given yourself credit for seeking other help instead of just crumbling to the cell of the horse which that's totally okay if that's Mm -hmm. that person's path and you do want to just go with that person's opinion but the fact that you did keep your horse and figure out a different way because you saw something different in him yeah well let's see so if someone wanted to find your product you said etsy is that the main place that you sell right now other than the the local shops yes you can look for me on etsy you can also find me at mothermountainherbals.com and you can also find me on instagram Sometimes I take a month-long break from Instagram, but other, t- other times I'm posting away. Do you have a favorite product that you sell of yours? Oh, man. I I can't really choose a favorite because my products are kind of like my children. Mm-hmm. And so that would be like asking me if I have a favorite child. <laughs> Understand. But there are, there are certain products that I think... I can't really live without and that is my cactus flower serum my masa honey face polish and probably my dry shampoo because sometimes i don't wash my hair every day because it's very sticky here (laughs) in arizona yes it is (laughs) do you do you have any words of advice for someone that's trying to start a skincare business or just like a business in general like something that while you were starting yours you would have loved to know before starting I think my message would be if your if your heart is really being called to it, just do it. I mean, I did that with my business. I did that with my horsemanship. Just do it. Just dive in. And it'll just get go figured for it. out. And it'll yeah. get figured out. Like, be obsessed with something, you know? Like, yeah. if it's really calling you, just go for it. So, and do you feel like you're business is where you want it to be other than getting into maybe some more smaller shops locally and or just smaller shops in general is it kind of where you want it to be right now it is very much where i want it to be will i be able to retire with how i'm running my business right now probably not so i still have some things to figure out it would be great to get a business consultant to kind of figure out how i can lessen my workload and maybe sort of 
have some employees mm -hmm. come in. Also, I really want to integrate my equine products. Like that's like my next step that I'm going to be taking that I'm really excited about. And do you feel like you've always had that kind of entrepreneurial drive in you? I wouldn't call it entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, work, you I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think that I have always had that drive. I think my drive is to create and just completely dive into the things that I am interested in. It's like a lust for life, you know? Yeah, a passion for sure. A passion. And I just love figuring things out and dissecting things and nerding out and figuring out what my expression of that thing is. If you want to talk about it, what is the process in making an oil? Because I don't know the process at all. Or is that like a secret you don't want people to Oh no, it's not a secret <laughs> at all. It's not a secret at all. No, it's so easy. In fact, when I was first making my horse products, everybody was like, I want to keep buying this from you. And I'm like, I can show you how to make it and it will be really cheap and easy for you. And they were like, I don't want to make it. I just want to buy it from you. And I'm oh, like, cool. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Some people don't want to go. They're not, yeah. maybe they're not in the creative space to want to make it. They'd rather support right? you, which is great. Yeah. And, and that's beautiful. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm here for it. But let's just say we're going to make a creosote oil. Like that's that really great oil to treat equine fungal infections. So I'll go out and I'll harvest my creosote. And, and you I'll just literally go hiking and find it or? Yeah, it's all over the desert. Yeah. It's very prolific here. So go out, harvest your creosote. I only take off the top like two inches of the branches. So Is there's the no- stock one? It's like a, like? it's like a bush. Okay. Yeah. So you only take off like the top two inches. That's respect, respectful wild harvesting. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna take all your creosote home and you're gonna grab like a glass quart-sized mason jar. You're gonna fill it to the top with your creosote stems and leaves. And you're gonna take your oil of choice. I really like sunflower oil, like organic cold pressed sunflower oil and you're gonna fill up your jar with oil and then you're just gonna let it sit there for a while like six weeks six weeks wow yeah and then after it's been six weeks and your oil has changed color usually turns like a like an olive green color you're gonna strain your creosote and then you have creosote oil that is very simple it's a Isn't very it so simple, simple process yeah, yeah it's so easy how did you learn to do that youtube <laughs> oh gosh I mean yeah YouTube online I had like different herb gurus that would teach classes and stuff I'd take classes from them I never went to like a formal herb school or anything I always just kind of figured things out books yeah. don't we can't forget about books <laughs> what is that yeah paper yes uh yeah books well, cool. So what is something within the community, and it can be horse community or herbalist community, whatever, that you'd like to see evolve or change? And then how can you, if you're not already, help with that change? I don't really like bringing this up because it is not a topic that I like to think about when our horses are concerned. It's, it's very disturbing. But being so new to the horse community, there were things that I have seen and witnessed straight off the bat that were 
just really disturbing to me different methods of training that are blatantly barbaric and grotesque i have witnessed people suggesting that other people use safety pins and thumbtacks to try to get a horse to not bite anymore i've witnessed somebody punching their horse i have had people brag to me about punching their horses sounds like just very it's dominating just ways of being. very yeah. dominating ways of being and that is definitely something that i would like to see change in the horse world because it was very shocking coming into this knowing that it's 2022 and some of us are still acting like cavemen yeah, and it doesn't need seeing... to be that way no so <laughs> and i think those people don't see horses as equal right they see right. horses as less than or as property do you have an idea on how you can help with this change i think just talking about it and making those things less acceptable because for some reason like these were just totally acceptable behaviors towards horses and i was like how is this acceptable like this isn't acceptable to me i would never do that to my horse or human um, or, or human or, or any animal so i don't know i feel like just spreading knowledge about good training techniques yeah or asking the question if you see it in person that's what came up in my mind is if you see someone trying to use a safety pin to have a horse not bite or whatever, I wouldn't even know how, what they're doing with that. But anyways, it's crazy to me. I just like, I could not even fathom, yeah. you know, like, like piercing the lip in order for the horse not to bite. Yeah. I like, don't, I, it, it's bizarre. It's yeah. totally bizarre. Um, but um, yeah, like if you see that in person, instead of being like, no, no, no. And getting mad, just be like, why are you doing it that way? Right. And a lot of times in what I would assume is the person would just say, because I was taught to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And so then you can be like, Hey, well, this has worked for me in the past. Do you want to see how I do it? Absolutely. And then showing yeah. them a different way of doing it. That's less invasive and working with the horse instead of at the horse. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it probably is ignorance mm-hmm. or old training methods that have just somehow continued continued yeah yeah it's just what they saw and what they learned they didn't learn anything else yeah Yeah. I, i do think i'm hopeful that it is just ignorance and me too i want to believe that it's just <laughs> ignorance yeah. well cool i think that's a great answer and so one thing i'm doing at the end of my episodes is you get to ask me one question you don't really know much or anything about me mm-hmm. maybe i'll flip the question back on you and what are some things that you would change in the horse world there are a few things my main thing is kind of what you were just talking about mm-hmm. with Not necessarily tactics that I don't like, but just the lack of education with people and the understanding that no matter how much you know, there's always more to learn. I think there comes a time and it's usually for people that just start out that there's almost like this egoic place they get to where they're like, Mm -hmm. I ride horses and I've been doing this for X amount of years. But I think once you get past that part, no matter how long you've been in this, like there's a different way to do it. There's Mm -hmm. another way to do it. Doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be worse or better, Mm -hmm. but that's the fun of this horse world is forever learning. And I think it's happening more and more, especially with people I talk to where people are recognizing that, that Mm -hmm. just because you like this one method, it's not the end all. 
you also right. have these other methods that can teach you and you can grow from and you can take little bits of all of them. So yeah, just continue people continuing to educate and continuing to learn and continuing to see the horse as an equal. Agreed. So, yeah. It's kind of similar to your question a little bit with yeah. like just educating, but I would like to see that kind Absolutely. of continue to evolve. And I think my way of helping is to a have this podcast because people are learning and educating from the different people I have on and chat with but mm-hmm. just sharing in their everyone's journey absolutely yeah, yeah. it's so. a beautiful journey it is yeah. as it's hiccups but it is great <laughs> yes cool well thank you for chatting with me yeah thanks for having me again and thank you so much for tuning in to Stable Connections the podcast. This is your host Shauna Burke and if you want to continue hearing more don't forget to tune in every Monday morning for a new episode. Follow along on Instagram and on Facebook for sneak peeks and don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Facebook. See you next week.